Usually I'd play a trailer at the beginning of one of these podcast episodes, but the current trailer for Morgana is music only and contains no dialogue. Hello, my name is Matthew Eels. In this episode of the Cinema Australia podcast, I'm joined by multi-award winning director, animator and visual artist Isabel Peppert and award-winning horror, comedy, documentary and porn filmmaker Josie Hess. They're also co-directors of a very unique documentary called Morgana. In short, Morgana is an artistic character portrait of a 50-year-old housewife who reinvents herself as a sex-positive feminist porn star. You will find out more about Morgana and her story throughout this episode. I assure you, once you've seen Morgana, it will remain with you long after viewing. Morgana will be screening during the virtual Sydney Film Festival from the 10th to the 21st of June and will also screen during the virtual Revelation Perth International Film Festival from the 9th to the 19th of July. More details about these screenings can be found at cinemaaustralia.com.au. Anyway, enjoy. Josie and Isabel, thank you very much for joining the Cinema Australia podcast. It's great to have you with us. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Um, I was completely engrossed in this documentary. Uh, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed it. Um, I felt this deep sympathy for Morgana and her uh, unique journey from housewife to porn star. And there's so much more to the porn and the sex industry than the average Joe realises, especially on a psychological level. Um, I think you two have done a terrific job at bringing some of that psychology to the forefront through Morgana's story. So congratulations on such an exceptional film. Oh, thanks so much. We have to say to you, we're so excited to be part of the podcast world now. We both love podcasts. This is our first one, I think. We're just like, fuck yes, podcast. Yeah, Yeah, we're obsessive podcast listeners. (laughs) So, yeah, and we're both pretty obsessed with um, Karen and Georgia and my favourite murder. So, (laughs) Isn't it amazing how much the podcast world has just exploded over the last couple of months with everyone at home uh, with, with, you know, looking for something to listen to? Yes, (laughs) the best time. Now, does that say something about the quality of content we're being fed through streaming services like Netflix and and Stan and stuff like that? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's just Uh, the thing where you can do a podcast and fold the washing so there's less guilt or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think for me because um, I do a lot of work um, where I can listen to podcasts and work at the same time, but I couldn't necessarily watch something visually. Um, So, yeah, I think it's like a kind of – they're like a companion while I'm working. Yes, they're so intimate, isn't it? It's like having – if you can't see your friends, your podcasts are like your friends now. That sounds so sad, (laughs) but, like, it is a bit like that. Um, So let's talk about Morgana. The the film's being embraced by film festivals all around Australia, which is amazing. Uh, what did it mean for you to uh, and the film to win Best Independent Film at the Gold Coast Film Festival recently? Well, I mean, it was a huge, um, you know, vote of confidence for the film. Um, this has been an independent labour of love from start to finish. Um, me and Josie have literally put everything into this film. We've had, you know, almost no support outside of Kickstarter and support from Queer Screen. So to kind of have these votes of confidence from the Gold Coast Film Festival, from MIF, you know, from CIF. It's just been, you know, an amazing, um, I guess, you know, it feels very validating for, you know, such a little indie kind of um, micro-budget doco to kind of have access to these um, kind of larger audiences, I guess. It's Mm. also been so uh, incredible to watch the festival sort of shift and adapt to this new digital climate and still provide, 
again, a space for an independent documentary to be seen mm. and to win or even be up for an award. Like we had no idea when this all went down, how that would like work. Mm. Like, is this over? Is the festival run over? But no, everybody sort of come together and figured out ways to keep everything going. Mm. Uh, you mentioned that the film has had had no support. Do you, do you find uh, bigger, you know, funding bodies reaching out to you two now to, to make other documentaries or, or is it, is it still a matter of this just uh, getting out there to be seen? I'm waiting for my call. No, uh, <laughs> uh, I think, no, not, I think no matter what, you kind of still have to hustle and work and uh, put something forward. So mm-hmm. I think if your ideas are good, you know, now we're definitely in a better position to be able to maybe access some of that funding, but I don't know that uh, we're being handed a Netflix deal or anything like that. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, Isabel, can you tell us uh, what Morgana is about, uh, just for our listeners who are, who are interested in seeing it? Yeah, so Morgana's a creative character portrait of a 50-year-old housewife from rural Australia who reinvents herself as a feminist porn star and director. Um, and, um, look, it's I think it's, you know, a very broadly humanistic story about kind of, you know, a misfit looking for community and a place to belong and as well as that kind of finding their creative voice but it also encompasses a lot of very strong feminist themes as well you know around um you know um aging and sexuality and kind of the female gaze and um you know um also I guess the tension between um the kind of social expectations for women especially middle-aged women and then the freedom of the individual mm-hmm. so yeah it's all of those things i guess mm-hmm. let's go back to the beginning of this uh, crowdfunding anything can be a hit or miss experience especially with australian films you two were very lucky to crowdfund forty-five thousand dollars for morgana <laughs> which was five thousand dollars over your intended target uh, w- was that a surprise uh, in a way, it's a surprise, but I suppose like it, we don't view it as luck because we were there for the you know six months of planning and figuring out and like, hustling and working to make that happen. So um, fortunately, I'd done a fair bit of crowdfunding before and was able to sort of like um, build a campaign around the fact that we knew that we had this community in the BDSM world and the kink world and the feminist and body positive communities. So um, you know we're so we're just so lucky that those communities supported us. So I don't know if we feel like full on surprised, but uh, it certainly like was the thing that allowed us to create this movie. Yeah. I mean, I just want to advocate also to, again, to reiterate, oh, Josie did an incredible job um, planning this campaign. Like it was three months full-time planning and like a few months before that, just thinking about it. Um, you know, we all worked as a team for about two to three months full time. Um, so, yeah, the amount of um, actual hours that we put in, <laughs> um, like we, we knew there was interest in the story um, and it really mm. caught fire with the media quite quickly. So we we're able to get on SBS and the ABC and in The Guardian and all of that kind of stuff because the interest was there in the character and the story. But the amount of planning that went into it, it certainly wasn't money for free, I wouldn't mm. say. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm curious to know if any of uh, that support was coming from any of Morgana's fans. I mean, were you guys getting feedback from contributors uh, about why they were so enthusiastic to to support the project? Totally. So I think one of the really amazing things is that Morgana's work had already sort of been out there and permeated those sorts of um, alt porn or ethical porn communities. So we were able to sort of... um, capitalize I guess on the fact that she'd already been out there making waves and we definitely heard from you know Morgana supporters um being excited to see maybe her story in a way that they hadn't seen before or even just the full picture because 
you don't necessarily get that when you watch just her individual films at a festival. So yeah, that definitely came uh, was a factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get to know you two a bit better and uh, and your backgrounds in filmmaking. Uh, Isabel, some of our listeners will remember one of your first short films. I certainly do. Uh, it was the actor-nominated uh, animation Butterflies. How does someone yeah. with a background in animation and horror find themselves making a documentary <laughs> about a middle-aged Australian woman who's also a female pornographer? That's a very good question. Um, so... Um, <laughs> Uh, so I'd been doing the kind of festival circuit with butterflies and um, me and Josie met um, when she was working at Monster Pictures um, and we kind of um, started working together on a few projects um, pretty much pretty straight away. Yes. Um, fast friends. Yeah, fast friends. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I'd been actually writing a feature horror animation project that kind of like as which was not follow up to butterflies but you know it's the logical kind of next step but as features do tend to be really hard to get off the ground it kind of um it kind of fell apart a bit and at the same time me and Josie were kind of working on this project um initially um sorry this is a very long-winded explanation no please please that's what we're here for we're here to learn about you so please I'm a little bit tired um go on so So we were already working together and Josie was already working with Morgana. I didn't know anything about Morgana at that point, but um, Josie approached me to come and um, direct a 50th birthday present that Morgana had planned for herself. And that 50th birthday present was to be suspended in a giant phoenix, uh, giant bondage installation in the form of a phoenix. Um, And then I was like, who is this woman? And then basically Josie told me like her story and I met Morgana and I think me and Josie talked and we were like, well, this is a really, actually interesting subject to make a film about not just make her film Mm. um so yeah then we kind of were discussing you know when I found out that she'd been a housewife two years before in rural Australia um I was like how did that person get to be (laughs) this person who's now getting suspended in a bondage installation um and I, I just thought her story was so interesting and it spoke to me of you know so many you know of my own experiences I guess as a woman in the world I thought it was really radical you know to see like what she was how she was using her body in these films and how she was kind of creating recreating herself and um so yeah me and Josie had a big fast talk about it (laughs) and we're like this is really interesting and so initially we were going to make a short film um like a calling card film for us as directors I guess um and um it was going to be just the housewife to phoenix kind of film um but then as her story continued and as the character can continued to grow and change and evolve in kind of unexpected ways um we just ended up turning into a feature and taking over both of our lives (laughs) (laughs) Um, and all the other projects and I think also the great advantage for us you know um you know, compared to like getting a feature off the ground or other things, is this is a film we could make completely independently. You know, yeah. we didn't really have to um, answer to anyone. You know, we were allowed to follow our creative visions, and you know, and we're both quite radical women. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that, you know, our vision, you know, may have been like darker and weirder <laughs> than, you know, some of the kind of typical documentary kind of content that's out there. So we're really able to follow our own aesthetic, um, which was just a really wonderful freedom to have as creative women, I think. Oh, bad. Yeah. Um, Josie, you previously worked for Monster Pictures, as uh, Isabel just mentioned, uh, and now you work in the porn industry making uh, ethical erotica. Can you tell us how you got started in the industry? Yes. Yeah, so I um, 
I was in film school, I think it was like 21 or 22, and I was trying to make a documentary about female pleasure. And I had this brilliant idea to make a porn and document the process. And I was like, I'm going to be able to do that in film school. That's going to be just totally fine. That's when I found out that like, there's all this like, you know, porn's like semi-illegal in Australia, which I had no idea. I had this sort of misguided notion that our industry was like the American industry. And I could just sort of walk into, you know, some kind of next level um, porn career after film school, which is not the case. Um, the film school I was at decided that that was not an appropriate film for me to make. And that's when I found out that um, there was a, a small cottage sort of porn industry in Australia. So I interned on a few mainstream sets. And then I discovered that one of my uni lecturers was actually like this thing called feminist pornographer, which I didn't really even know was a thing at the time. Uh, Anna Brownfield is this like incredible woman who had been making these things called feminist porn films. And I was like, oh my God, how was this right under my nose the whole time? So I ended up going on a film set with Anna, who ended up actually being working on Morgana's third film, A Call for Help. And that's how I met that's how everything sort of collided. And I was like, I found my people. I found Morgana. Uh, and I started working with her on her productions and a few other companies. Um, that is not my day job, though. I'm, I really should stress that there is not enough of that uh, work in Australia. There's a few companies that you can do that full time, but I, I have to have a day job as well as making porn. Wow, that's amazing. That's an interesting <laughs> story. Um, yeah. it, it's, it's interesting there that you say, uh, you say feminist porn. And, uh, um, you know, the type of porn that Morgana makes is labelled feminist porn. And uh, throughout the marketing of the film, Morgana is described as a feminist porn star. What is the difference between feminist porn and the kind of porn that you'd find on sites like, uh, say, X videos and, and YouTube, for example? Oh, not YouTube, porn. Uh, sorry, sorry, RedTube. Red <laughs> I mean, there sorry. is RedTube, yeah. There is definitely porn on YouTube, but yeah. uh, they, they like to pretend that's not the case. Yeah, so basically feminist porn, it's um, originally Morgana's work was uh, slightly apolitical and she didn't intend that to be necessarily the case. Uh, it was a, a label ascribed to her by you know, feminist porn festivals. It's basically the premise that women's pleasure or pleasure is not unnatural. And therefore, you know, we can explore, it comes from third wave sex positive feminism. And basically it's a mode of production. It's the kind of content that you might see that sort of emphasizes women's pleasure, uh, truth in sexuality uh, and ethical modes of production. Mm -hmm. And that would be the difference. And again, it's, it's really important to just make that distinction that mainstream porn doesn't necessarily mean it's not ethical uh, and feminist porn, I suppose, could be technically unethical as well, although the types of people who make feminist porn are more concerned with the ethics and mode of production. So it tends to be a little less um, boogie nights. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant answer. Uh, Isabel, what was your first impression of Morgana when you met her? It's <laughs> a good question. Uh, I was just, I think I was just really fascinated by her because she was quite a dualistic character. You know, she seemed... Um, you know, on one hand she was being, you know, incredibly brave and this other hand there was this kind of vulnerability and this, um, I guess, um, you know, these voices from the past were still very much with her. And I think, you know, as, as you know, a woman who kind of experiences a lot of that myself, I could, I could really relate to it. Um, but I also, I think that in strong female characters, you know, it's really important to have that duality because I think oftentimes, you know, in the past there have been 
you know, um, they can be kind of quite one dimensional. So I think that that's something I found really fascinating about her, like her contradictions. Mm-hmm. I love that she was so willing to jump into uh, a mock grave and to have dirt thrown <laughs> on her and to jump into the freezing ocean. She must have been a dream to work with as a filmmaker. Is that the case or, or were, there, were there some difficulties there? I just, oh, oh, sorry. Oh, you go. No, you go. (laughs) Uh, No, I also wanted to add to that. Um, So, like, after the Phoenix shoot, the very first shoot we did was the Burning House shoot. (laughs) And uh, she actually had to, we put her inside this miniature house that I'd built out of cardboard. And it was um, kind of just you know, big enough for her to literally get inside. So when her face is in that house, it's not green screen. She's actually kind of in it. She's such a um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, she's a real sport. No, she put herself through like a good deal of endurance. And and I think, you know, she'd probably been well-trained from her own filmmaking as well. So, um, you know, we were... Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I was going to say we were quite led by, um, you know, a lot of her filmmaking ideas and it was like a creative um, collaboration between the three of us, um, you know, feeding off each other's kind of, uh, you know, ideas. Um, but sorry, Josie, you go ahead. I, I was just going to say that those those concepts, those were Morgana's, like her going into their grave and her going into the ocean, that's all on, those were her, <laughs> those are her ideas. Like we merely like documented what she wanted to do in order to communicate her ideas with mm. those ones in particular um but yeah she's definitely not afraid of putting herself in uncomfortable situations uh in order to tell a story um this is a woman who has had children and uh, who was once married did you two ever um, want to reach out to her children or her ex-husband to be a part of this documentary to explain her story It was a decision we made quite early on in the piece. Uh, We spoke to Morgana kind of at great length about that aspect of it. And obviously, as documentarians, we want to be, you know, truthful and get to the heart of a story. But we thought, you know, there's so many stories where you look at the whole, I guess, like the family and all these other perspectives. But we wanted to give Morgana the freedom and the space to be a character who was allowed to have her complete story, her complete picture, um, and I think that in this story, the husband sort of is just this springboard. He's less of a full, realized, fleshed out character than really just the starting point for this woman's actual story in life. So mm. we made that decision quite early on not to um, uh, work with the family in that respect. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'd also to say that, you know, Morgana herself, um, there were privacy issues with the family. So yeah. it was it was partly definitely like Josie is saying, you know, we wanted to give her 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 perspective it's not a journalistic piece obviously it's you know it is like a wild you know kind of melodramatic you know you know it's a journey into this woman's perspective and um I think that um you know we really embrace that but you know on the other side you know this is um you know her family's very conservative this is you know quite confronting material um for a conservative people and she really wanted them to have their privacy and it was her respect for their privacy as well that we had to respect as ethically as filmmakers you're listening to the cinema australia podcast on apple podcasts soundcloud or cinemaaustralia.com.au um, oh, you mentioned before about the miniatures that are used. Uh, I really wanted to acknowledge the creator of the miniatures and the set designs, and I was pleased to uh, learn while I was researching you to that, uh, Isabel, it was actually you who built them. Um, yeah. Was that, was that fun to incorporate this into, into the project? Was it always going to happen? 
Yeah, like, I mean, so initially, uh, that's something we really built on, um, so to speak. Um, yeah, so um, basically, it all started because, of, it, again, it was a creative back and forth between the three of us. So it started with Morgana's idea that she was the phoenix, um, which was the first thing we shot of her, you know, this phoenix installation. So then we kind of worked backwards from this kind of phoenix installation and, and kind of retrofitted this whole mythological backstory of Morgana. Um, of her personal mythology that she was kind of in this facade suburb and this built this identity that ended up burning down and she's in this kind of in the ashes of her former identity in this kind of identity void and then sensuality comes into that and the sensuality is the red rope that eventually kind of culminates into the phoenix so there's this whole kind of mythological backbone um, that started with the kind of burning house shoot and then um, evolved as we continued to shoot more and make the film. Um, but it was really good because all, all these symbols came out. Of, I'm yeah. really personally really into symbolism and metaphor. But all these symbols came out of the phoenix, for example. So the idea of the red rope um, in um, Chinese um, mythology, there's this kind of idea of the red red thread of passion, um, you know, which, um, which so the red rope and and then there's um, kind of also in Greek mythology, there's um, the red rope that's lowered. I think it's to Theseus when he's in the labyrinth. So all these kind of um, mythological ideas came out of the red rope and, and grabbing onto this kind of, you know, red rope of sensuality after her whole life is burnt down. So it's kind of this... Um, kind of this ego death and then rebuild of this person which was told through these kind of miniature mythologies kind of that go through the whole film um but initially you know we shot that one scene and you know I think because you want to be cohesive with this stuff you know it was about finding how we can weave it into the whole story in and out so it ends up being her psychological landscape at different times of the story so then when you go back to the depression stuff and the miniatures reappear it's like she's trapped within that same psychology that she was with in the marriage or it's like the ghosts of the past kind of coming back to trap her again. So all of those kind of miniature spaces ended up almost being like little psychological spaces, even including the Kuba PD miniatures as well. Um, unfortunately, sometimes people don't realise they're miniatures. But <laughs> so, Too good but, a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So all the shots of Kuba PD, all the drone shots and the tunnels, they're all miniatures as well. And um, in a way that speaks of a wide open space when she was a little girl um, before gender, um, so often I think sometimes when women are kind of get to the age where they start to be sexualized, you know, they become a lot more restrained and they have to control a lot of elements of themselves. And when she was in Cooper Pedy, she was this wild, free little girl, you know, who, who, you know, played these rough games and in a way like going back to Berlin was almost like and going back into the BDSM stuff was like a revisiting of that open space, you know, where you're wild and free and you're playing these kind of edgy games with the boys kind of thing um so yeah it's all kind of this like landscape of her internal world kind of mapped out and weaving in and out of the film um and yes I did build them I've <laughs> I've got over 20 years experience um building miniatures and doing animation work so yeah it's one of my little skills that's fantastic I'm, I'm so grateful to be able to uh, hear these stories about the making of this uh, was, oh, and I just wanted to acknowledge also that they were shot by um Gerald Thompson who was the DOP of Mary and Max yeah that's um, right yeah, um, who I, I worked on Mary and Max with Adam Elliott as well. And um, so lovely Gerald was roped into shooting. Oh, they were all made in my back shed. 
Um, and he brought his motion control rig into my back shed out the back of my house and shot it in the middle of summer. <laughs> Was it a shame to have to burn them down? <laughs> um, well, maybe Josie has a story about the green screen studio. Well, yeah, I think uh, we maybe a little bit. So we uh, managed to rope a sort of um, a full cyclorama out for that uh, burning house shoot, and then we came to do the burning. I think, um, you know, how do, how many people did we have on a set? Maybe like seven or something like that. Um, we definitely did have to evacuate for a minute just because we almost burnt the studio down, but we were able to remedy the situation by uh, getting a slab of beer, moving um, it all over with the owner of the space. But yeah, it was. Um, I think it was, we also burnt some stuff later on. And that was quite cathartic, if I remember correctly. I, I think we may have danced around the fireplace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the burn. We'd been working on the story for so long. Like me and Josie both did full edits on our, like both separately did full edits. And then we did heaps of story work together for like year, years. Like two work. summers. I was just thinking about this the other day. <laughs> we spent like two summers just moving story cards around to get to the heart of these you know, to create these threads and understand it. Like it did take us a while. Yeah. <laughs> it took a very long time. And then so when we finally finished the edit, um, we uh, we had a ritual burning of the story cards. And there's just pictures of us like gleefully being like, hooray, <laughs> we did it. Amazing. That's just beautiful. Um, <clears throat> something that struck me about Morgana is, is that there's never a moment in the film at least where it feels like her intentions are to make money and, and to get rich off this. <laughs> is, is that the case? I mean, you, you guys did talk about, uh, you know, her financial situation a little bit in the film, but it just, it just didn't come across as though she was doing this for money. No, def I definitely don't think she was doing it for money. I mean, there's the capability in that industry to make some money. Some companies, you know, make a living and can pay employees. But no, it's not, it's not a particularly lucrative industry and certainly not in the way that Morgana works. I mean, I would... Um, coming from a filmmaking background, I would, you know, put together budgets and be like, point out that that is not going to recoup its losses. But she was so committed to the imagery and the things that she wanted to tell that she basically was like a no expenses spared um, <laughs> type of vibe, which again, made for some very interesting films, um, but doesn't make it particularly profitable. So no, that was not her intention. I think um, one thing that I, I find interesting about her and I could really relate to is like, when you look at the reasons for doing this, um, you know, apart from like the intimacy and kind of looking at yourself through the lens of the camera, which may be a more sympathetic lens than looking in the mirror. Mm -hmm. I think you think about as an artist, I think about, well, what do I get from my art? Like, like Morgana, I don't make a lot of money out of my art, but you know, it's, it's a way to connect with people. You know, it's a way to find community. It's a way to find, you know, some way to belong. It's a way to find a voice. Um, and I think that that's one of the really interesting things that came out of this film about a pornographer is that it also became a film about an artist in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she. I think she had to make it. Like a lot of the time it wasn't necessarily, I think you see in the film, like the greatest time for her. Um, but she was still creating the whole time. And just when I thought, you know, this surely would be the last film, she'd be like, you know what, this is the next one. And we'd be on to the next, we'd be on to the next thing. And I'd be like, all right, this is what we're doing now. So yeah, I think she had, she had to say these things. She had to create. Yes. Uh, it's interesting that most of her success and fan base come from overseas, uh, particularly Berlin. Does she have an Australian fan base and is she recognised within the Australian porn industry? Very much so. So I think she definitely has a fan base, hopefully a little wider than that now. Mm. Um, but again, I think I mentioned earlier that the industry is quite quite small, mm. um, but she is well known within that community. So she's, um, you know, 
uh, often referenced in articles or she's kind of one of the go-tos now up there with Anna Brownfield and other feminist pornographers in Australia, which is so lovely to see. Like, it's it, so nice. It really is. It's fantastic. Um, this is the first time that you two have worked together uh, um, making this documentary. What did you, here's, uh, this is going to put you on the spot, but what did you uh, both enjoy the most about working with each other professionally? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> well, to be fair, we had been working together on, we had previously shot a little bit, a few pilots of things and stuff. Like we hadn't done anything that was released, but we definitely were working together for maybe like a year before this kicked off in earnest, I think. But I, I like, uh, I absolutely love Isabel for the dialogue. Like we had, we both over analyzers or analyzers and we love to deconstruct things and talk about film. And we just spent years talking about our favorite subject, which is Morgana. And in many, in many ways, it felt like a really enjoyable um, friendship of just being able to, get to, you know, think about this person mm. and, and figure out ways in order to reflect her in, cinematically. Mm. That's what I love. Yeah, I feel like there's always been a sort of synergy between us, like we're like fire and water, if that <laughs> makes sense. It's like, um, you know, th there's a way that we kind of um, kind of – um, interact, I would say rub against each other. That sounds very sexual. Um, but, you know, I, I felt very lifted by Josie's energy um, this whole way and, and having having a friend in it too. Like, you know, often if you're an animator or, you know, I'm also a sculptor, so, like, um, you know, it's kind of quite solitary. But when you've got, like, a teammate, you know, and especially someone with the kind of energy and skills and intellect that Josie has, you know, it's like you're kind of on this little mission together and, you know, and you're doing something um, with very little or no support, um, you know, and so I think it's really important to have that relationship that you really enjoy and, and you kind of, um, you know, you, you keep kind of pushing each other forward, you kind of push each other's perspectives. I think we both have different skills that we bring to the table, yeah. you know, um, so we're kind of quite a complementary couple in that way. <laughs> But yeah, no, so many things. Like I don't, I honestly don't think either of us would have been able to stick with this Hell film if we no. had had, yeah. had the had the kind of partner in crime. Yeah, <laughs> and totally. also I think that like you know we're both punk girls who are filmmakers as well, and I, I don't think you see a lot of um, punk girls behind the camera in Australia. Um, it hasn't been my kind of um, you know observation. You know, so I think that we really felt like you know we've got a you know, uh, another another woman who's kind of into this type, you know, cult film, edgy, punk rock kind of aesthetic. And we definitely creatively were on the same page the totally. whole way I through. Just, I was just thinking that, like, it wasn't, you know, obviously we have, you know, mild disagreements, but it, ultimately we just share very similar aesthetics and tastes across the board anyway. Mm -hmm. So I think we had a real synergy there, which made it just a good time. Like, it was fun. <laughs> it was a fun thing to do. Can you see yourselves working together again? down the line we probably would right like I think we're both now looking at other projects just because this has been five years and mm. you know Isabel has other stories she wants to tell and so do I mm. but I, I don't yeah I think never say never right yeah yeah totally it's definitely um yeah like it's been of course like yeah it's been five years um so yeah we'd probably have a breather for a little while but um but yeah look I, I think 
it's really hard to find someone to work with, you know, in this industry that you do share a vision with, but also a style of work. Mm. Like I think, you know, me and Josie are both, I would say, highly organised, extremely hardworking, <laughs> fairly like on the verge of workaholic type of people. So we have like a similar kind of level of work, you know, and 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 those types of brains that will will really throw ourselves into things. Mm. Um, so. So, yeah, I think that having both a creative synergy and then having the same similar kind of way of working, you know, that's quite hard to find in a kind of yeah. team. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I noticed in the documentary that you call Morgana Mog. Uh, this indicates, <laughs> you know, a close relationship when you call someone by their nickname. Have you both formed a lasting bond with Morgana or, or is it a matter of the documentary is over? See you later. Um, well, <clears throat> from my perspective, um, look, Josie and Morgana are already close at the start of the documentary and they've gotten closer. Um, so I think we always wanted to have one person that was more objective on, on the outside. Um, and so also because I was doing a lot of the interviewing of Morgana, it was kind of good to have, like, I was getting to know her as the audience was getting to know her. Yes. Um, and then um, Josie's kind of the one who's always had a more kind of friendship relationship um, with her, I think. Yeah. So, um, and I think that was a real conscious uh, decision on our part when we could see that this was more than just a short we were like okay we need to like figure out how this is going to work for the next few years um but yeah certainly like again I think I've uh Mog, Mog and I there there I go I call him Mog I call him Mog <laughs> Moggin um yeah we we definitely have I don't know that like I never thought necessarily I'd have a best friend who you know I was maybe 23 or 24 and she was in her 50s but there we there we go we just had something um something clicked and we became friends and I think we, we will be probably for the rest of our lives. Mm, and I'd say that also like without that relationship, um, we would have been in a very different position in making this documentary. Um, you know, Josie's and Morgana's close relationship really allowed us to have that intimate access, you know, and, and, you know, there's a lot of trust there. And I think that's, you know, really important, you know, when you're documenting a character in quite an intimate way, like we've been. So yeah, mm. we were very lucky to have, that um i've got one final question uh, the the document as we mentioned before the documentary has been very successful on the um, film festival circuit um with upcoming screenings at the sydney film festival and revelation perth international film festival uh, what do you hope audiences take away from it um i was, oh, yeah, I was like, I was like my brain is like oh firing away <laughs> i i honestly like um given that it's ended up being appealing to a much wider audience than perhaps we ever <laughs> thought i think we were like okay just you know other women like us but no this is appealing to a much broader demographic i think i'm just very excited in the fact that you know people will walk away with this knowing and and believing that women uh people mm. have a, a sexuality and um you know, the right to have pleasure for the rest of their lives, that there is nothing shameful about that. So I think I'm really excited that we've created something that at least puts that at the forefront of people's minds. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think for me, it's, it's look, I had never really thought about what I want other people to take from it because I think everyone takes something really unique because mm. um, it explores so many different themes and it's touched different people in so many different ways. Um, but um 
I, I like the idea that like it's never over, you know, even if you feel like you've done everything in your life and it's, it's, it's done and, you know, Morgana really got to a place in her life after being this kind of, you know, invisible housewife or she really just did feel like it's over. But, you know, you can always make a major change in your life, you know, and, and age age shouldn't be a factor in that. You know, you can always kind of, you know, find find something new and, and find a voice and find a new community. And I think that, you know, the idea that it's never too late, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> I'm going to take, take that away. Okay, good. <laughs> um, I'm a 36-year-old white male and I took so much away from this documentary. So uh, congratulations on it again. I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. Oh, thank you so much. Um, you two have been an absolute pleasure to speak to. Uh, I'm really uh, uh, grateful that we got to share these stories and uh, thank you very much for joining the podcast. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thanks so much. It's It's been a joy. Thank you for listening to the Cinema Australia podcast. You can keep up to date with all the latest Australian film news, reviews, features and interviews at cinemaaustralia.com.au.